All right, Break Hard Podcast, back again for another week. Everything was in Las Vegas this week. Cup, trucks, and Xfinity. We had the cup race on Sunday with a not-so-surprising... Surprising winner in the fact that he missed basically all of last year due to his own stupidity. But not a shock if you watched the first four races of this year. So Kyle Larson found his way back to victory lane on Sunday. Didn't throw it away like he typically does. Which, you know things are different when Kyle Larson doesn't just wall it with like five to go and then just hand away another win to somebody that has won half a dozen times already that year. So, Larson takes the five car to victory lane in his fourth race with Hendrick. Um, His first win since Dover 2019. So, obviously, he didn't win any races last year because he was suspended after the fourth race of the year. Um, He ends up leading a race high 103 laps today. And what was probably like the best uh, mile and a half race with this NA18D package. And um, overall, like pretty solid race, 27 lead changes. Um, I think there was like 20 leaders, maybe not 20, probably closer to like 11 now that I'm looking at it. But regardless, you have Larson lead 103 laps. Um, Definitely had the most dominant car, could easily pass people when he wanted to, which is something that you typically don't see with this package just because of the the arrow. Um, And specifically, like, uh, with dirty air, it's so hard to pass. Like, at the beginning, in stage three, we saw three wide for the lead for, like, three or four laps, strictly because they just kept side-drafting each other and nobody could get away from one another, which is entertaining to watch, but I don't think that's really the racing people want to see. But that's... Purely probably just me, bigger fan of high horsepower, low downforce. We had low horsepower, high downforce today, and it was definitely the best of the mile and a half we've seen over the last three years with this package, but it is what it is. Um, Brad Kozlowski came home second, Kyle Busch third, which if you listen to Kyle Busch's radio, you would have thought that he was running 27th, three laps down, battling Joey Gase all day. Uh, Turns out he just finished third, like four seconds off the lead and considers that a bad day. Denny Hamlin fifth, and Ryan Blaney, who desperately needed a good run, comes home fifth. Uh, Christopher Bell, seventh. William Byron, last week's winner, in eighth. Logano found his way back into the top 10 um, late in the race. And then Eric Jones, 29th to 10th for Richard Petty Motorsports today. That's actually huge. That's a win for those guys. Like, they're probably not going to come close to winning this year just because of their equipment and, you know, just their money situation. But a 10th place finish for them on a drafting track is is massive. And Stenhouse came home 11th, which is great for him. Chase Elliott, who looked like he probably had the best car early on in the race, his jack man missed the, missed the, um, the jack stud and then jacked up the car right on the, right on the um, side skirt, wrinkled that so they had to pit and fix it. Um, which I don't even know if fixing it helped him out at all. He did spin later in the race and bounced off of uh, Kurt Busch, but just a kind of a down day for the lead Hendrick car. <laughs> Kevin Harvick finished 20th, uh, a lap down, which is surprising considering he started on pole, and they just looked like dog shit all day, SHR as a whole. Um, if you hear a dog sniffing in the background, it's just Libby. She's visiting. And she's very excited to smell everything around here. Um, and my face. <laughs> Thanks, Libs. Um, but yeah, SHR as a whole, just absolute... Yeah, dog shit all day. I'm looking to see if anybody finished higher than 
Harvick in 20th, and they did not. Harvick in 20th, Chase Briscoe 21st, Cole Custer 25th, and Eric Amarola dead last in 38th after he blew up. Blew a left front at that, too. Not even a right front. A left front pounded the wall, and uh, his day was over on lap 178. Overall, like, I guess we should talk about Bubba Wallace, too. Finished 28th. Just 23-11 racing is going to have a lot of teething problems, and they had a power steering line fall off. Uh, his car was smoking, had no power steering. They had to come in and fix it, went three laps down, uh, ultimately ended up four laps down. Um, for the race so kind of just took him out of it early which is a bummer for him Alex Bowman's running top 10 late late in the race like with seven laps to go had a tire go down dove to pit road he sideswiped Anthony Alfredo who was just trying to avoid him and there wasn't anything Alfredo did wrong and I honestly don't know how they how Alfredo didn't just get turned right into the front stretch wall head-on but luckily he saved it Bowman goes from running 7th, I believe, to finishing 27th, two laps down. So, massive disappointment for them. Benedetto had a really good run going. was up to 2nd at one point. He comes home 16th after um, they had to run 90 laps on their left front tire because they the gun failed, and they just changed three tires instead of four, which is not something you typically ever see happen, but it did. So, there it was. Um, weirdly... Bet MGM was the sponsor for Dylan's car, and it's just not listed on the finishing order, which is strange. But whatever, 4,057 green flag passes. That's definitely the most for any Las Vegas race that we've seen in the last five years. Um, I guess that's good. I think there are great moments of today's race at times, and then other times it was lackluster. But definitely the best mile-and-a-half race overall bar none so they're off to phoenix next week uh chase elliott obviously won there low down for 750 horsepower package we back uh between chase elliott and the penske cars they seem to be the best at it last year you could kind of throw maybe truex in there and yeah denny to an extent but those three between logano keselowski and chase they were definitely the best of of everybody when it came to that 750 package I guess we have to talk about Kyle Larson real quick. Obviously, he was suspended at the end of, or not the end of last year, after four races last year for saying the N-word during a iRacing race at Monza, which I know sounds preposterous, um, a cup car race at Monza um, on the old oval. He said the N-word. It was broadcast out to everybody listening, which obviously then got clipped and shared on social and became a huge issue. McDonald's and Capital One dropped him literally like the next day and that just kind of forced ganassi to drop him obviously so they fired him within two days and then nascar suspended him for the remainder of the season obviously nobody's gonna pick him up after that and uh he he in the off season had a couple suitors mainly stewart house racing and and um hendrick motorsports shr obviously passed on him as tony stewart has said because ford didn't want to take a risk on him which, I mean, yeah, he is damaged goods at this point, but there's a lot of talent there. So he spent the entire summer last year on dirt tracks, and he had 82 starts and won 41 times. So if you're good at math, 50% win percentage is um, massive. Like, that's unheard of. So he had a year in dirt racing that potentially will go unmatched, at least in the modern era. So great for him. Obviously parlayed him into a Hendrick ride this year. 
Uh, Hendrick and Jeff Gordon are willing to take the chance on him, and they're sponsoring the car out of their own pocket for for this year, and unless they attract a you know a major sponsor, and it paid off in race number four, Kyle Larson goes to victory lane. But I'm tired of people calling it a redemption story already because self-inflicted adversity doesn't garner a redemption story, you know, sort of timeline behind it. He made his own problems. It wasn't that somebody put him down. It wasn't that he got fired for underperforming and then all of a sudden, you know, he's back on top now. No, he said a racial slur. He got fired for it because there's consequences to your actions. And now he's back to doing what I think everybody thought he should do, and that's be a regular contender. He went from being an occasional contender at Ganassi to now at Hendrick, he's a regular contender. And he should win more than one or two races this year. That car's fast. He's fast. He looks pumped up. Cliff Daniels finally gets his first win as a crew chief. I think that's all just sort of meshed together now to potentially set him up for um, what is going on over here? Set them up for a lot of success later in the in the season. Do we want to check out the basement? There's cat poop down there. Oh, I didn't realize that was a delicacy. Okay. All right, but yeah, so that's Kyle Larson. Um, I'm happy Kyle Larson won. I think it's good for him to be in the sport. I think everyone deserves a second chance. Clearly, um. And I think he's truly learned from his actions because he did a lot of things privately to learn and educate himself and then even give back to the community um, that he, you know, insulted and belittled. So it's nice to see him back. I know people will be like, well, his outreach efforts were publicized, blah, blah, whatever. I'm not going to go down the Bromberg Avenue of dealing with this. So... (laughs) Larson's back. We'll see how he does next week at Phoenix because he is exceptionally good at off-throttle time tracks, and 750 horsepower with a little downforce definitely gives you that. So it'll be interesting to see how well he does there. And his first race back since he didn't... Did he get Phoenix last year? I think he did get Phoenix last year. COVID has fucked up the whole schedule, and I don't remember anything at this point. But... We'll find out next week at Phoenix. Um, That'll be the first real interesting 750 horsepower test of the year. So we'll get a look at it then. Moving on to what else happened this weekend. We had the Truck Series race on Friday night. It was won by John Hunter Nemechek. And in an effort to watch that race, I I spun it as, you can come over and watch the race. And now Emily's here to also give her thoughts on the race having watched the race for the first time start to finish uh, yeah i was promised i could be on the podcast if i watched (laughs) quite literally the only reason why i got to watch the race or why we watched the race was because i promised that she could be on the podcast now i'm on the podcast so now emily's on the podcast to give her thoughts on the truck race a racing series that she has only watched really just friday night she saw that's not true you saw a race last year where sheldon creed won because you saw sheldon on the tv this week and said oh he's the pudgy guy I didn't say that. You did say that. <laughs> you spoke down on do Sheldon's not, body do size. Not put words in my what mouth. did you say? You Maybe definitely mentioned his size. Yeah, because you called him pudgy. I... <laughs> so she's seen Sheldon Creed win 
and remember that he's remember that he's a heavier not he's not really heavier set he's just thick he's if he was if he was a 12 year old in 1997 we would call him husky i didn't call him pudgy you did you call you made a you made a comment on his size just in relative to other people's size well john hunter nemechek is five foot four he looks like a child but he has a wife and a kid on the way which is very bizarre to me but he's a young guy what were your thoughts on the truck race let me check my notes you have zero notes (laughs) you have no notes great win for john hunter left cheek you no, you you didn't even know what his name was you thought it started with a p his last name i got some of the letters right okay um what else she does I, mock us for saying Zach and I always say good win for literally whoever wins because it is a good win because it puts them into the playoffs and that's something that she has caught on to every single time we say it and now she always mocks me for saying it's a great win for you anyone know anyone who inter- won anyone who won because it is a good win good win for him all right what uh, else I have to say is probably the best truck race I've ever seen we're just saying a lot yeah my girl Haley. Duggar. Deegan. Recovered great. She did not recover a, great. From a crash. She that finished she 28th. She was involved in. She was. She finished best of the females. Yeah. So there's that. My girl. She finished 28th. She uh, was robbed. I'm just going to throw. We're going to ignore what Emily <laughs> has to say about Haley Deegan. And I know it's only four races into her truck. Five races into her truck career. I think it was only five because she had one last year at Kansas. But Haley Deegan isn't the prospect people like desperately want her to be, and that's fine. But like, th- people just need to realize that her talent level probably will only ever peak in the Truck Series. Um, and I know everyone will be like, "Oh, she hasn't been on pavement that long." Blah blah blah. That's fine. But like, Kyle Larson got into K and N cars right off of dirt and and dominated. K&N series and won. Then he went to the Xfinity series and he won. Um, well, not technically. I guess it took him a little bit to win. But he was competitive. Haley's just kind of coming in here and she's just not that competitive. And I know trucks are more difficult to drive and Harrison Burton's a perfect example of that. Getting out of a truck, going into an Xfinity car and winning four races in his rookie season after not winning at all in the truck series. But yeah, Haley just... Didn't recover, contrary to what Emily said, did not recover from her incident. <laughs> she finished 28th, started 30th. There was a hilarious moment. She was moment. 16th at one point. She was 16th good. at one point. Granted, that was during some pit cycling, but we're, we'll just give it to her. We'll give it to her. <laughs> it was hilarious at the beginning of the race when Michael Waltrip and Vince Welch, who I'll get to them in a second because I don't even know if they actually watched the same race we did. They did say at the beginning, Haley was looking forward to learning a lot from Kyle Busch because they were starting alongside each other. And by, like, lap four, Kyle was in the top ten, and Haley was still in 29th. So I don't know how much she learned, but hopefully a little bit. They started next to each other. And in four laps, he was 20 spots ahead of her. Well, yeah, she couldn't see him after that. Well, (laughs) clearly not, but she should have tried to follow him. She should have followed him. (laughs) But she didn't. She instead decided to stay where she was. Uh, Any other thoughts on this race? Yeah. Lots. Uh, a lot of camping world. <laughs> so many camping trucks. world trucks. Ten camping world trucks out of uh, 40. I do like that the truck series is starting 40 trucks this year. Uh, big fan of that. So literally a quarter of the field was camping world trucks. 
which is nice. Well, maybe not so much nice because that just speaks volumes to how much there is of a lack of sponsorship for a lot of teams. And I think what Marcus did was great. It's great publicity for himself and Camping World, but also he only offered $15,000 to these guys to run the to run a, a Camping World rap, which is it is great. Like that's fifteen thousand dollars they didn't have, minus probably the two thousand dollars for the wrap or fifteen hundred for the wrap. So they're still taking home thirteen thousand at least, um, just for putting his sponsorship on the car. But like that's a massive undervalue for for what they charge. Like Mobile One is Kyle Busch isn't letting Mobile One get on the hood of that car for fifteen thousand dollars. So that's kind of a toss up. But it was still cool to see a bunch of Camping World trucks out there. A lot of them wrecked, but. They were there. More thoughts. Uh, yeah. Uh, felt like a lot of crashes because I think it made it longer, yeah. So many crashes. 200-mile race ended up being just a little over two hours. Yeah. Felt um, long. You fell asleep at one point. I didn't. You did. Um, I was listening. My eyes were closed, but I was listening closely. There was a big wreck with Rafael Lassard in the 24 truck also sponsored by Camping World. He decided to clear himself uh, down the front stretch into turn one. Clearly not clear because his spotter also said I never cleared him. He went across the nose of uh, David Gillen, and all hell broke loose after that. And um, they all got collected, and that was the end of, of that. Connor Daly blew a tire. Not blew a tire. Connor Daly got sucked around because it's only his third truck race and doesn't understand how the air works yet. Sucked him around. He was sliding, lost the rear. He went to turn into the slide, and uh, it caught and put him right head on into the wall. Big hit for him. He got out. He was fine. Um, probably won't see him in a truck race anymore after that. I don't think Ed Carpenter in, on the IndyCar side is going to let him do any more of those. Uh, Ryan Trix Jr. also had a um, bit of an incident. Brett Holmes got caught into it. Corey Roper, he spun... Um, I don't think there was a straight panel on that entire truck. Tyler Hill got caught up into an incident too, which sucked for him because obviously that 56 team has two employees, Timmy Hill and Tyler Hill. And then Tyler Ankrum also went around. Norm Benning was running at the end of the race, um, 11 laps down just on pure speed. So, but for once Norm had a sponsor on his truck, Camping World, but it was nice to see that six truck have a sponsor for once. And Derek Krause and that Bill McAnally 19 truck i don't know if they're ever going to i feel like they have one good race and then nine bad races so hopefully they can put something together because he's a talented driver that's a good team they just need to get it all the parts to come together jesse awuji was out there for some reason he finished 31st five laps down which is better than normal so i guess we can give him that and he didn't loop it off turn four and then stay in the throttle until you just ran head on into the pit wall so Guess it's a win for Jesse this week. Chase Purdy continues to kind of look lost out there, which bums me out because he's one of our ARCA guys. Um, anything else interesting? Oh, fucking Grant Enfinger. This has nothing. This isn't negative about Grant. Grant Enfinger hops in Cody Robot Robot's truck. I always want to put an R uh, in the bar part of his name. But he hops in that nine truck this week. Cody steps out. Grant hops in. They put Camping World on the hood. Comes home seventh, highest finishing camping world truck. Also, finishing top 10 should get him a bonus from Marcus. Uh, same with Parker. Uh, Kligerman, who finished eighth. But Grant misses one race. So, I think everybody knows Thorsport cut his season in half. 
So he has to split the schedule now with Christian Eckes. Even though, even though uh, Grant won the regular season championship last year and almost went and forced his way into Phoenix. Um, or no, he did get to Phoenix, almost won the championship. But regardless, he only has a half a season this year. So he's trying to piece things together to try to run for a championship. Gets in this nine truck, uh, missed the Daytona road course race, gets in this nine truck, has a really good run, top 10, keeps him up there in the points. He's in the top 10 in points after missing a race and NASCAR won't grant him a waiver because sponsorship issues apparently don't require or don't get access to a waiver, which is dumb because Johnny Sauter got suspended for intentionally wrecking somebody and NASCAR gave him a waiver to make the playoffs. So how how is intentionally wrecking somebody actually okay, but having the lack of sponsorship is bad? I don't understand their mentality on this, and hopefully they revisit it because it's absurd that he will have to miss the playoffs if he gets into them because he missed the race due to lack of sponsorship. It's stupid. It's one of the dumber things I've heard NASCAR do in the last couple years, and they've done a lot of dumbass shit. So I don't know what they're going to do there, but I hope he can get a waiver and get in because he's I'll tell you where he's at in points he's sitting seventh in points he started two races he has 57 more points than Haley Deegan does and she started all of them so I don't know they gotta figure that out Parker Kligerman comes home eighth Christian Eckes who was in the 98 truck replacing Grant Infinger finished behind him in ninth and this is a pro Christian Eckes podcast we're big Christian guys Eckes guys, not the religion part, which I'm sure we are, but we're not getting into that. He just needs to perform more. Like, he's part of this TRD camp. We need him to win races, or at least be in contention. Ben Rhodes comes home 10th, uh, won't go, doesn't go 3 for 3. Uh, because If Ben Rhodes would have went 3 for 3, I would not keep doing this podcast, because I would just not know anything about racing at this point. Um, Brett Moffat comes home 11th, still don't understand why he's running for truck points. He should be running for extended points. Anything else you want to add before we move on? No, you took my last point. There. What was that? On uh, the sponsorship. What did you want to say about sponsorship? No, I, I'm saying you covered it. As an accounting person, if somebody came to you and said, I want to sponsor a race team, would you tell them that's a good move? Yes. No, you should, no, you should always <laughs> say no. It's just, literally just lose money here. No. Well, it depends. But for the most part, I wouldn't advise people to sponsor, probably. Own, absolutely not. Okay, then that's right. Yeah. I mean, do you know who Food Country USA is? No. Okay. But now you do because they sponsor a team. No, I'll forget right after. Slim Jim, Menards, big names. <laughs> Pro Menards <laughs> podcast as well. Big Menards guy. Um, all right, so is that all you have for... For the yeah, truck race? For yeah, <laughs> no problem. You're gonna sit here through the Xfinity <laughs> talk too. Uh, which you didn't watch, did you? No. No, that's unfortunate. No. You missed a real humdinger of a race because AJ Allmendinger won. Get it? Humdinger. Good win for him. Good win for him. It was a good win for him. He's in the playoffs now. He's a road course guy. He won on an oval. Great win for him. Zach's a big AJ Allmendinger. Zach is the head of the AJ Allmendinger fan club. I know you always say your boy. Allmendinger. It is his boy. Zach's Zach went boy, to a Zach went AJ to a test. Zach went to a test at Kentucky by himself. Te- nobody goes to tests. 
I go to test, Zach goes to test. But Zach went to Kentucky by himself just to watch AJ Allmendinger test. That's not even close to anything. Did he get a signature out? Autograph? No, no, no. He had to sit in the stand. (laughs) Did he get a signature? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he took his homework down there and got a signature on it. Didn't even get a John Hancock out of it. No, he didn't. Um, (laughs) But AJ Allmendinger wins the... Xfinity race at Las Vegas yesterday, uh, 44 laps led out of 200, really put it on there at the end, uh, drove away from Daniel Hemrick, who finishes second for the eighth time in his career. I don't think Daniel Hemrick's ever going to win. I like Daniel Hemrick, seems like a decent guy, um, but he's been in RCR equipment, he's been in JRM equipment, and now he's been in JGR equipment, and he still hasn't figured out how to get to victory lane. And, like, maybe it'll be like the Michael McDowell thing, where if you just hang out long enough, eventually you find your way there. Like, McDowell had 357 starts before he finally found victory lane in the Cup Series. Daniel Hemrick has... Pause for a second here until Racing Reference comes up. He has 91 Xfinity starts. Still has not found victory lane. He's got 33 top fives, though. So a third of the time he's finishing in the top five, but just can't get that checkered flag at the end of the day. Um... Hopefully he finds it because he apparently can do backflips when he wins races. We wouldn't know because we've never seen him win a race in the seven years he's been in NASCAR. But, you know, maybe if he ever does win, we'll get to see it. Brandon Jones comes home third. Uh, he actually looked competitive. Brandon Jones being competitive over the last two seasons is goes against everything that I've said about him. And it kind of pisses me off. But I'm happy that he's becoming a contender because the Xfinity Series definitely needs more of that. Austin Sender comes home fourth. Uh, he had a tire go down, and then the caution came out at the same time and got insanely lucky. Rebounded for fourth, so good run for him. No Gragson fifth after starting 34th. Um, whatever. Uh, he made the internet mad last week, and he comes back to finish fifth. Michael Annette, I finishes sixth. Huge run for him. I believe that's probably his first top ten of the season. Uh, his dad passed away last week which was unfortunate. Yeah, first top 10 of the season. He had 22 top 10s last year. God damn. Passed away uh, last week, which is obviously sad. Um, I don't know if that affects his sponsorship going into next season or anything like that. But uh, good run for him regardless. Josh Berry comes home seventh. Another great run for him just because he has very limited starts in this eight car this year, and he's trying to make the most out of it and prove that he belongs here. And I'd say that Josh Berry probably does belong in the Xfinity Series just based off of what he's done in his limited starts with JRM since, like, 2016, I think, is when he made his first start uh, for them. Justin Haley finishes eighth. Uh, He looked really strong early on and then just kind of faded. Harrison Burton ninth and Jeb Burton tenth. Do you you know what Jeb stands for? Jebediah. No, that would make way too much sense. He's from rural Virginia. So his name is John Edward Burton, and they just call him Jeb. I like that. You like that? Mm-hmm. I don't think you would. Yeah. Okay. Brandon Brown finished 11th, Tyler Reddick 12th, and Santino Ferrucci finishes 13th in what Racer.com called, quote, a heroic drive. Listen, I'm still convinced that Ferrucci's PR team are paying media outlets to write and talk favorably about him. There's no way a 13th place drive is considered heroic. Not in the Xfinity Series when there's 12 competitive cars that can win races each week. 
I don't understand this. I really don't. I don't understand the media's fascination with Ferrucci. He's never won an IndyCar race. He's never won an NASCAR race. He Did he win an F4 race? I don't know. We're going to find out, though. He didn't win Macau. No, no, no wins there to be had. But let's go look at Santino Ferrucci's Wikipedia because that should give us more information than his racing reference because racing reference is owned by NASCAR and they don't cover open wheel racing because it's not real racing. And, okay, his Formula 3 results. Retired, did not start, 14th, 17th. Highest finish, second in the Spa Sprint Race in 2015, so no wins there. Move on to GP3. Uh, no wins there. One podium, again, at Spa. Apparently, he's got a thing for Spa. Move on to F2 when he was at Trident. No wins again. Okay. Uh, IndyCar, no wins. NASCAR, no wins. Santino Ferrucci's never won anything of value. Oh, I take it back. In 2012, he won three races in the SBF 2000 Winter Series. That doesn't count. Uh, he won two races in the British Formula 3 Championship. That's not... That's not not impressive, but it's also not impressive at the same time, if that makes any sense. And he won a start in the Toyota Racing Series in 2015, which is not impressive. No, that's not impressive. Because this is the, yeah, the New Zealand Grand Prix. Those are fun races to watch, but I don't think that's that impressive. So yeah, Santino Ferrucci's never done anything. Uh-oh. What the fuck is this? That's how she is that how she gets off couches? Yeah, it is. What the fuck? She's pretty cute. That was adorable, but it was very weird. <laughs> so yeah, Ferrucci's never done anything of real value in his career other than like drive around with his cell phone out that one time and people realized it and then said some dumbass shit and um, wanted to wrap his car in a MAGA livery for Indianapolis or for GP2. I think it was GP2. Whatever. He's from Connecticut. He has curly hair, and his name is Italian, and people seem to freak out about it. So, look, does that guy look like a guy that you want to hang out with? No, not particularly. No, exactly. All right, but enough about Ferrucci. Now I'm talking about him. This is exactly what they wanted. This they is the problem. Mousetrap me, huh? You're part of the problem. I know. Ah, they got me. All right. So the Cup Series, oh, just the Cup, cup and Xfinity are in Phoenix next week. Trucks are off until Atlanta the week after that. Uh, Xfinity race is at 5.30 on Saturday, I believe. So it's probably like a 5.48 start time. And the Cup Series is on Sunday, 3.30. TV window open, so probably another like 3.49 start time. Uh, we'll be back. I'll be back to break down what happens in that race. I think there's a 0% chance Emily watches. We'll be back. You won't watch any of the I races. I can comment. You don't even know who some of these ninety percent. I add a little something. You think you do? Yeah, I think so. What do you think you add? Diversity. I don't <laughs> think people come to this podcast for diversity, but if they do, like, yeah, you definitely have added that. <laughs> diversity. Okay, is that all? You have anything else? No. No. Nope. Although I will amend my statement when you asked if I would advise a company to sponsor. It depends on the target market, clearly. You see some of these tractor, turtle wax, Menards. So if you were, if you made car products, would you sponsor a race team? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. If you were a wealth management 
advisor company advisory company would you sponsor see i don't know who they're targeting well, I would say Matt Collig, who owns the team, also no, he also no. owns this wealth management company. Everybody needs some wealth management. But I don't know if that's for... yeah true. What if you were a bank? I yeah yeah because the... people always need a bank. Yeah, okay. and the people who never mind. I'm not gonna make any more comments. What if you were a um, HVAC filter company, like the filter you put in your furnace? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Because everybody needs filters. Everybody needs that salt-to-the-earth marketing for these. (laughs) (laughs) What if you made, um, like, agriculture equipment? Yeah, for sure. Okay, big crossover there. There's CPA. I should Oh, one more thing. Shout out to our boy Steve Carnes. Our boy, he's like twice mine and Zach's age. But he, um, Zach knows him from Kentucky. Uh, They're both Louisville guys. Steve's at the Kentucky races all the time. Uh, his company, First Pacific Funding, sponsored Jeremy Clements this weekend. And uh, they were running top 10 for for a minute. They definitely got on TV like three or four times. Uh, Zach was on the car. His name was there, so that was pretty cool. And uh, they came home 17th. I know they're going to be on that car again next week at Phoenix and I think two or three more times for the rest of the year. So cool to see Steve and his company get on there. Um, First Pacific Funding, they lease equipment out to businesses. So like... If your business needs a piece of equipment, but they don't have the capital to pay for it, Steve's company will buy it and lease it to you, and uh, you can go from there. So uh, if you're in the market for anything like that, check out First Pacific Funding. Uh, free plug for you there, Steve. And then uh, they finished one lap down, first car one lap down. So pretty decent run overall for them, uh, especially because they're a small family-funded team out of South Carolina and literally work out of a garage that's... Not big enough for a race team, but they, they get it done. So, uh, excited to see if they can rebound next week at Phoenix. But you can follow Zach on Twitter at ZachMiles2, myself at BreakHard underscore. Would you like to plug James, your Twitter? I don't know my handle, and I don't tweet. <laughs> yeah, Emily tweets once a year, like literally once a year. So, we're coming up on the once a year tweet in the next few months. Um, but yeah, back next week to talk about it. Phoenix, 5.30 on Saturday, 3.30 on Sunday. One week closer. Oh, no, no, never mind. I'll talk about that next week. But we're one week closer to F1 at the end of the month. So we'll get to it then. See you guys next week.